0: Welcome to another episode of the Hoops and Hebeweizen podcast. I'm Alex, and I'm Reddit Mavericks, and today we got a special guest,
1: Kirk Henderson. How are you doing today, Kirk? You know, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. The weekend is here, and I am ready to, well, not work.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. Are you ready to watch the Mavs play some more basketball, if that's what we're going to call it?
1: You know, as long as Luca's playing, I will tune in. If he's yeah. not, I'm going to mysteriously disappear from the internet.
0: <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Um, so, I guess a few things that we wanted to talk to you about, Kirk. Um, I know this time last year, even, no, 18 months ago, you were on the Luca hype train all by yourself.
1: Oh, I got so. drunk game five of the season. We were one and four. And I got wasted. Like, <laughs> like bottle and a half of wine, Holy like embarrassing. Shit, yeah. Like embarrassing bad. It was, it, it was not great. And I was just super, I'd been reading all this draft stuff and I was like, God, this guy. And I just kind of made a de- I, I was just like, this is going to be my internet shtick. Cause this season's going to suck. So I yeah. might as well like, like crap out on this. And, and that was, that was, you know, the, around this time last year, I was just, just talking myself into tanking, because if you guys remember, we came out of All-Star break, and the Mavs won four of ten, and Mm -hmm. they, like, rocketed up the standings, and so I was like, at this point last year, I was losing my mind.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You were like, what are you doing? Stop winning these games. Mm -hmm. And they were all, like, Carlisle doing his wizardry wizardry type stuff, too. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, because the team last year was... Atrocious down the stretch because we were playing like I remember there was a Jalen I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember who all was on the team like like Chris uh who's the the BYU like the 27 year old second year player out of BYU like there were some just like oh, I don't even know how we made it yeah, yeah I mean, Collinsworth God the guy yeah. can do everything but put the ball in the hoop um, I mean we had was...
0: Antonius Cleveland at some points last
1: year <laughs> blessed be his name um <laughs> it, it was just it was that was it. so at this point last year we were just like like begging and hoping and like watching the draft class and like the the internet was a great place to be last year for for draft arguing mm-hmm. and what's really fun with where we are now is that almost every single top 12ish pick has been at least worth discussing the only one who is a real mm-hmm. train wreck is Colin Sexton and he was a train wreck in college so i don't understand how he was really picked that high but it was like like yeah. it was so like we we're all like parsing and splitting hairs and you know we're we're sixty games into the season and all these guys are a lot of fun so like this has just been this has been like more fun than I've had in the Mavs season since I was like I want to say like the o three o four year where they had uh where they they had like was was that the Antoine Jameson year where they just scored all the points and couldn't defend anyone. Yeah, that I think that was o three o four. It was yeah. just like they would score
0: a hundred and five points every single night. When scoring ninety five was a lot, mm-hmm. and, and then they give up one o seven.
1: Right. Yeah, and that was like that. That was this year's been the most fun. <laughs> Other than the championship season, like this yeah. one has been the one that sticks out in my head. It's just I've had a great time.
0: Yeah. So I, I had a little bit of curiosity because I know right before the Kristaps trade happened, you were like, "Man, I'm not sure about this." And then it happened, and you're on board, which I totally understand. But can you maybe help people temper down their expectations a little bit when it comes to KP playing next season?
1: So part of this, and I don't explain this in my 240 character outbursts. When I was 27, <laughs> I had the Dwight, Powell, or I'm sorry, the Dwight Howard back surgery, the L4 L5 micro microdiscectomy,
2: Holy and shit. now
1: I'm not an NBA player, but I do know that my rehab like it effectively ended my ability to play basketball Mm -hmm. and and it's it you know with Dwight Howard it completely robbed him like generations from now people were not going to understand how this guy was a hall of famer when he just spent the last 10 years of his career going from place to place because he just physically was unable and I am you know some of the things that I've I've read about you know, KP indicate to me that he has some like basic problems with his biomechanics that it seems like he and the Mavericks have decided to try to get right. Um, so at the time of the trade, I just read all this stuff because I'm friends with a number of Knicks fans and it just, it freaks me out because he's so big. That's like, yeah. it, it, it sounds really dumb, but he, he really is just unbelievably tall and, but he's, he's also the tallest probably guy in the NBA. I, I, I and that's just amazing to say out loud mm-hmm. with the way he plays. And so I was a little worried at the time that, like, okay, you know, we're signing the guy who's super talented, but you know, the history of seven of, of guys taller than seven feet who have lower body extremity issues isn't great. You know, there's, okay. there, it's yeah. usually feet, but he just seems, you know, he has all his issues, you know, contained to one side. The ACL is a little bit of a freak injury, but he still was, you know, like reasonably athletic. So that's kind of where my head was at the time. I've since come back. I understand like like the argument that that Mavs trainer Casey Smith knows what he's doing has to, you know, stand to some. uh, It has to to matter a little bit, no matter what my like, you know, non-medical expertise has to say about this. Mm -hmm. I just know that like the sort of problems I've had down the road with my own issues makes me think that like a guy like him. Might have a shorter career than we think, but given like the, the, uh, the advances in medical history in the last, you know, 25 years, like it's also likely that they stay on top of things. You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if next year he has, uh, like a 22 minute per game, like kind of, you know, a cap for half the season as he figures things out. And so as yeah. long as they bring him along, even, even a little bit, then I, I think it, it, I'm really, I'm really on board with it now in a way that I wasn't, uh, you know three weeks ago
0: yeah so something about casey smith that makes me trust him especially with lower body stuff is like i think it was three or four years ago um adrian beltray was having a lot of issues with his hamstring and his uh groin and the the rangers training staff could not get it right and so eventually he said fuck it and he went to casey smith that's and, wild i didn't know that
2: yeah yeah dude and, I love the story, yeah.
0: And after like six weeks with Casey Smith, he kept a relationship with Casey and was able to play the rest of the season and was able to stay relatively healthy for the rest of his career after that. So hmm. that's that's the reason that I give a little bit of credence to the whole Casey Smith is a wizard. He knows what sure. he's doing, yeah. Especially sure. with lower body stuff.
1: Well, and I mean, I, I also need to remember to some extent, you know, Dirk had horrendous ankle issues for the mm-hmm. first like five years of his career. I remember uh, I read recently that he missed the the only time Jordan came through Dallas in his uh, wizard time because he uh, he had a uh, he was out with an ankle sprain and you know he obviously got that right. Until, you know, this last year when he had, you know, the ankle spurs or the bone spurs removed. So, it's, you know, I'm, I was overreacting. It, it just, it was one of those things that at the time I'm sitting there thinking, man, unless this guy really is right. then the, and, and, you know what, it, it was worth the gamble. Because when you, like, peel back and say, okay, the Mavericks traded Dennis Smith and three draft picks for Luka Doncic and Chris Taps Porzingis. Porzingis. Like, <laughs> 99 times out of 100 do you do that trade. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: Um, this is a joke, but I'm now out on Kristaps Porzingis because he's at the Mavs ball and
1: drinking water out of a uh, applesauce packet. <laughs> <laughs> What's he wearing? Because like, I, does he have the open collar Bond look with the gold? Oh, chain? we gotta talk
0: about that too. Okay, so know. he's wearing uh, a tailored, thin blue suit with a white button down and a black tie. Oh, I see it right now. <laughs> But he is drinking water out out of a packet that looks like what a toddler eats applesauce out of. That's perfect. That's yeah. Awesome. I love it. So I'm out. Not really, but <laughs> that's, that's water. Is that really water? It has to be. What okay. else <laughs> would it be?
2: Applesauce. I get. Dude, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, that's a really big big pack of al- apple sauce if that's if that's what it is. But... The Mavs
1: Moneyball staff gave me gave me grief on my hot takes about his, about his dressing, but like the bottom line is he's just so tall and so thin, nothing looks right on him. That's what I wanted to
2: ask you about it's actually. Nineties
1: like stir really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Except it was,
0: it's all tailored stuff instead of stuff that's three sizes too big.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's he's got a little bit of a tan and then the gold chain, and I'm just like, good gracious. I was just looking at pictures of him from the opening press conference when he wore this uh, checkered blue and red suit that was like, <laughs> I'm just like... like looks like something Clark Griswold would wear from in, in the 80s. I, you know, I, I, I... He yeah, reminds <laughs> me
0: of my old boss, who's now my friend who grew up in Jamaica, Queens and spends way too much money at Armani.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, I, the other, the reason I'm so stupid about this stuff is there's also like just very little to actually talk about basketball wise, unless I want to get so in the weeds. And then at that point I end up like game theorying out, Oh, what is, what position is Dorian Finney Smith going to have in the rotation next year? Yeah. And I just can't do that to myself in March. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it would be just mind-boggling to try and go through every single thing. There are people on Twitter that do it. Yes! And and <laughs> I'm just like, thank you, because I
2: can't. Yeah, I'm not going to do it, dude, ever. <laughs> like, I just know. Like, I refuse. Like, people right. ask me critical questions all the time, and I'm like, nope, not, no. It's not me.
0: <laughs> My only big Mavs thing that I'm on right now is, like, stop talking about tanking, please. It's not like last season. Right.
1: I... I, but, I yeah. it, it was art what they did last season. Even with a bad team, mm-hmm. losing 12 of 14 down the stretch when everyone else is trying to lose, too, is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the Kings game? It what was, was it? it was like
0: with a week left, right? It, yes. Oh, and yes. It,
1: Harrison Barnes had like 25 points in the first half, and I remember arguing with Bobby... Corella about this cuz he's like look he's getting to the free throw on and like he I'm like he's playing high school students the kids <laughs> don't have a real lineup and and the and that was one of the two that the mavs won cuz they also won this uh, I remember they also won over portland in mm. some game where they shot like 60% and it, it was just one of those wild games but everything else they just they lost so beautifully because they you know they would play everybody just enough, and then end up like finishing the game with the worst. Like like the Mej was playing all the, <laughs> you know, bottom like the bottom five minutes. Like what is Dallas doing? So it's like this year, there's yeah. no point in talking about it because like that Indiana game the other night was a blast.
2: It was. It was.
1: Yeah.
0: A,
2: a sad day and go, but you know, like
1: it was a lot of fun to
0: watch for the highlights that I saw. I was taking care of my kid. She was doing some stuff, but you uh-huh. know. Well the it's the, the, the post
1: game was, awesome. was a riot, they start like like Luca was like openly asking like answering questions, who are you staring at on the bench? Oh, oh yeah, that was the same coach. Like <laughs> Dirk talking about, well, you know, I'm not really sure if I'm gonna retire. Like that's what like that you know, if we're all focusing on the the, the long term, like what happens in, in, in uh June during the ping pong balls, like then we're not gonna enjoy the little crap like because that, that was that was fun.
0: Yeah. It was very well, fun. Yes. The other thing is like I... I thought about touching on this more later, but it's like, there's a human aspect to tanking, and last year was a little bit different because there's really nobody on our team now that was here last year. Um, Half of our team that's here right now is going to be here next year, and I'm sure the Mavs want to be here Mm long-term. Including, but not limited to, Luca and Kristaps, who are both guys that want to win. I agree with that. You have to take steps. I think a lot of fans, especially on Twitter, have this like all or nothing mentality of if you're not competing for the playoffs and you're not competing for a championship, fuck it, go into the tank. But teams don't really work that way. Um, The Trailblazers are a perfect example of this. Like they're never going to win a championship with their team, but they're going to be in the playoffs every year. And that's good for the city of Portland. Just like Dallas needs to take those steps to become better, even if it doesn't mean making the playoffs this year.
1: Yeah, because there's all those guys that are getting reps. You know, there's there's six-ish guys that are going to be in the rotation next year that are on the team right now, and you know, getting those minutes together. Like, like I remember yeah. thinking after the trade that Dwight Powell was going to crumble because he didn't have, you know, the people that he he wasn't going to work as well as what I was thinking. I ended up being wrong because he's developed such a nice rapport with Luca that, you know, the, the other night I, it was the game before the Pacers game I was covering. Oh, it was a Clippers game. That's why I don't remember it. because it was in the middle of the night yeah. where he just like started the game. And the first like four assists were all to, you know, passes that were to Dwight Powell. And it's like that sort of thing. If Powell, you know, I expect Powell to be on the team next year, right. It is like, that's valuable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then finding out what you have in the guys that you traded for as well, deciding like what you're going to do with them
1: in the offseason. Oh, yeah. And I really like preparing myself to not like uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Like what what things can I prepare to get mad at on the Internet about as he's playing? I mean,
0: he's Wes Matthews, except for he can dribble a little bit better and he's more athletic.
1: I don't remember the percentages, but he shoots significantly better on pull ups than he does on catch and shoot, which is mind boggling to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So I guess the other thing that we'll touch on really quickly before we let you go is uh, our fan oh, poll.
2: Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I wanted to ask something else. Though. Okay, go ahead. For that. Um, so, uh, Kirk, I remember you talking a long time ago about. Um, Playing with a uh, former Laker great, Marcelo Huertas. <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to ask if there are any cool stories or any, yeah. you know, anecdotes or anything about him that you'd like to share with the, uh, with the group.
1: I mean, it was really odd. 2000, 2001, uh, a five foot nine looking goofball shows up in the gym. And I played uh, a million years ago at Coppell High School. And we had one district like six years in a row. And this guy comes in and we're like, oh, well, you know, he was he was he was transferring in as a senior from overseas. And we're like, well, you know, you can run with us. But, you know, we kind of have a team and he steps on the floor. And if you've ever played basketball with somebody not from America, a lot of these guys just visualize the game the way soccer players do. And it, he was making passes at 17 that I still entirely don't get how he saw. It's it's why I love Luca <laughs> yeah. so much. So, you know, yeah. he played with us and then, you know, he graduated and went back overseas. And then two years later, I saw his name on the bottom of the draft board for at uh, NBADraft.net when that was like one of the only websites that did draft stuff. Holy and I remember shit. thinking, what in the huh? He had grown like four and a half inches after graduation and ended up, you know, not getting drafted, but playing, you know, a fairly long career overseas. I didn't understand, and really until I, you know, probably five years ago, that he was actually playing in one of the, like, the second best league in the world, and I knew it was, I knew he was amazing when uh, I, he played in the Brazilian national team, and they played a warm-up game here in Washington, D.C., which is where I live, and I, uh, got I, I I like stalked the tickets and got third row seats center court and I got his attention after the game but I wasn't able to like actually hang out with him which sort of sucks but you know, nothing really, like, great story-wise. But it's just one of those really wild things where you're like, oh, I, I, you know, this guy spent the night at my house a number of times in high school. And, you know, I got team dinners and stuff like that. And now he's out on the floor with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Kobe Bryant. <laughs> so that was just, like... Weird, because you know, I, I I grew I grew up in, in the early 2000s. There were some like really incredible Dallas area basketball teams. Like Chris Bosch's high school team was the number one team in the nation. My senior year, okay. um, Darren, yeah, they went 40 and 0. Um, Darren Williams Fuck. and this uh, this guy who got drafted by the Wolves, I want to say like seventh overall, named Brazy Wright, were on a team together. Like Darren Williams wasn't even the good guy. Um, and then, all, and, and it was just, it, and I remember Darren being on that national, uh, basketball team and him and like him and, uh, um, Marcello, like meet, like meeting up post game and having a laugh. Cause we had played them when we were 17 it was like, this is like basketball is just an odd sport like that where guys can really kind of, you know, storm up the ladder late and really blossom. And so it was, you know, just kind of a fun thing that ended up me being on the, you know, tertiary of.
0: Yeah, I mean, being able to say that you ever played basketball with or against legit NBA talent, I mean, that's something that I could never say. Exactly. It's
1: it's extremely weird in retrospect because I was not good. (laughs) (laughs) Were you playing
0: like old man pickup already in high school?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like, I was the Brian Cardinal. You know, I I took charges and was like, people didn't like me. You know, like that sort of guy.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you you got to pick up the the points where you can, right? That's right. So, uh, again, now onto the to the last thing was everybody kind of wants to know, or kind of I want to know as well, like why there's that negative perception of of you, or why people think that you're negative all the time. Oh, I didn't,
1: <laughs> I didn't
2: vote for this, by the way.
1: Oh, <laughs> it was funny. I I chuckled because it's, you know, I have written. For a variety of Mav sites starting after about 2012. And, you know, if you were a fan of those teams in the in the, you know, uh, early and mid 2000s, when they started their 15 year, you know, playoff run, that was kind of when I became like very negative, which in retrospect is stupid, because if you're making the playoffs 15 years in a row, your team is good. You know, you're you're enjoying basketball, but you know it's it's like that mindset you mentioned earlier, where it's you know championship or bust. It was just so depressing to constantly you know not. 2006 yeah. was soul crushing in a way that we all understand. Oh, And, and, and 07 so, even more so to me personally, but yeah, Oh God, yes, that was one of the worst feelings. And so when I hopped on Twitter, God, I've been on Twitter for a decade. That's so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Actually. Yeah. <laughs> it really, yeah, it was 09, now that I think about it. And yeah, yeah, I, I hit I, my I,
0: 10 years in, in September.
1: It's And it's sad, and so it's one of those things where I got a little bit of a reputation of just not buying the bull. I, I don't, you know, I as much as I love the Mavericks, Mark Cuban is a problem for me. Like, he's, yeah. you know... He's why the post-championship era was poor for a really long time. He'll never take responsibility for that, I don't think, but it's he was driving the, the bus for a lot of it. So you know, I, I don't come into every season you know, being really excited about the Mavericks, though I did cop to, uh, to Dalton last night when I was chatting with him that I, I do think playoffs are a possibility next year. So I, I just kind of got a reputation of being the guy that craps on everything, But I also end up being right a lot of the time because the Mavericks have stank for eight, like six or seven years. (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's, I don't like, I don't necessarily mean to be negative as much as I'm just like, I'm not going to be excited about, about, you know, Chandler Parsons. You know, it's, it's one of those sorts of things. And that's probably not fair. Like I need to be better about that. My wife's my wife tells me the same thing. I've tried to be better this year just because it's, (laughs) it's fun watching the game. But yeah, that's, that's the sort of thing that, that happens. I'm just like the grump that's not happy with anything. I mean, you brought it up earlier like you didn't like the you mentioned that I was skeptical about the Kristaps trade. Like <laughs> like yeah. everybody everybody was right to tell me to shut up, like <laughs> they're, you know.
0: Yeah, but at the same time like I think that there's a balance between the two. Like I think that you can be excited about the Kristaps trade like like I think everybody is now, but also not think that Kristaps and Luka are going to be the best two-man game in the NBA next season. You have to find that balance because if you make your expectations
1: Dalton level,
0: then you're going to
1: be disappointed every single year too. Sure. No, that's, I, I, uh, the, the, the breaking of Dalton for the past four like three or four years where he's like, ah, I guess they're not going to make the playoffs. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, it's April. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's got, it's, it's, it's that sort of stuff though is a good reminder because if you, if you got to watch this it's got to be fun to watch this and that's what where where when people were like dude is this even fun for you it's like oh, you're right i need to lighten up a little bit so that's where a lot of that you know comes from and just the fact that i cannot i mean i have 200 i just looked at this because i looked at the the t- i have 246000 tweets like i just can't help myself when it comes to arguing with people <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: i'm trying i'm trying to get on your level on tweets so
1: don't do it <laughs> No,
0: you'll you'll find yourself in a rabbit hole really quickly. Even I've done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, I think, you know, I understand. Like, it's easy to get negative, uh, but at the same time, sometimes it's nice to have a little dose of reality inside of fandom.
1: Right. You know, and there's the way that the, uh, you know, the internet basketball culture has grown since I have been online it, it, there's really such a variety of options should you mm-hmm. want to go out there you know there's there's dallas sports fanatics there's you know there's there's fishes dallasbasketball.com which has been around since the beginning of time um there there used to be a few more dallas-based sites which have you know kind of come and gone over the years so i, I feel like there's a pretty good mix of stuff that that when you know if, if you're looking for a specific type of coverage you can go out there and find it our site is kind of like hilariously grumpy um, just because yeah. of there's so many of us that are Mavs fans that aren't Mavs or that aren't Dallas based. Yeah, so I guess we're not really like, stu- we're not uh, steeped in like the local area sports coverage, which, you know, tends to be a little more positive from time to time. And that, mm-hmm. you know, that can just result in everybody being a little bit, uh, like just too negative about things sometimes, but it's something that we talk about and try to correct. And that's why this year I think has just been so rewarding. In a lot of respects.
0: Yeah, I mean this year's been. I mean, even like for the for the Moneyball guys, like it's been a lot more fun. Like the uh,
1: the West meme was great this season. Ah, oh, God, that I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss posting because <laughs> there's really nobody now. Like, I like I sometimes that feel like ro- posting. Yeah, because it's like there's nobody that's that bad at it. Like, I want to do it when Dwight Powell drives, but he's like <laughs> remarkably good despite looking like a, a baby giraffe on roller skates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, I'm going to have to find, I'm going to have to find new ones for, for things next year. It's, this year was kind of. It, it, It was fun picking on particular guys that I knew weren't going to be here long-term. But, like, now that they're gone, like, I, like, low-key miss being able to make fun of of Harrison Harrison Barnes missing every layup. Things like that.
0: Harrison Barnes never drawing a foul. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Dennis Smith Jr. never drawing a foul.
1: God, then he goes to New York and gets, like, 30 free throws. What is happening? Dennis Smith
0: missing easy dunks. Poor guy. That's Uh, still
2: happening happening in New York, though. Yeah.
1: I mean, I want
0: him to succeed. Uh, you know, a rising tide floats all boats. So more good players in the NBA is good for everybody. But God bless, I mean, getting rid of him lifted a veil over Dallas. That's really sad to say. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's nothing else that I don't think I want to ask you, uh, Ruben. Is there anything that you want to talk about?
2: I'm trying to think, the top of my head. Uh, nothing really. Nah.
0: I could go with your back and forth with Andy, but those happen all the time. I think everybody knows about them.
2: <sighs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah, He definitely asked us to. Andy ask is... why you put up with him.
1: Uh, which ant? Which so? Andy Tobo. Sorry. Tobo. Oh God. See the problem with Andy to- Andy Tobolowski is he might be the single smartest person I've ever met. Um yeah. And so when you do when when you talk with a person who's smarter than you. And this happens with my wife. Uh, I lose every <laughs> argument. And it's it's like I've, I've almost stopped just because, like, he ends up just, like, outwording me every time. So it's, you know, <laughs> it's silly. But I will tell you that that dude is just an amazing Dallas basketball writer. And I'm, like, depressed that he had to go be a college professor so he can't do it as much anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still honestly plug his story on Dirk from last year. Mm hmm. Good. He wrote for you guys. And it's like, as the season winds down, I think that that's a good story for everybody to read. Mm hmm. Of just like saying goodbye to the best player that Dallas has ever seen.
1: What do you guys think? You think that guy's out of here, Mr. Uh, Mr. Nowitzki?
0: Oh. It, it's a weird situation. I, I think that you touched on this, but. It's
1: maybe, maybe not. I think it's. I don't think that he knows. I went from being very unhappy that this was going to be his final season because he looked so bad, to so content after the All Star game. To being, you know, I made my peace with it in my head, and then he. Now he's talking. Well, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, and I'm just. I think he's 90% out the door, which is probably Mm -hmm. for the best. But I do think that he is annoyed that he is being treated like a mascot to some extent, which, I don't know. I I keep making this joke, but, like, if you're going to do the direct opposite of the Dwayne Wade-Ken Burns documentary that's going on, people (laughs) are going to gravitate towards you. Like, after 20 years, the dude, like, I mean, I think about this. I was a... Freshman in high school when he was drafted. I am Holy 35 shit. now. Like, good God. Yeah. So it's like, at, at yeah. that point, even people who claim to not like him like him. He's just, he just outlasted everybody. So I, I see both sides of it. I wish that he would just say, I wish that he would basically say no comment when talking about it. But I exactly. Think he, yeah. I think he kind of volunteers the information to some respect. And what I get mad that, like like Jackie McMullen said on a podcast a couple days ago he just he really needs to leave, he needs to be done. this is getting painful, and I'm like, have you watched a Mavs game since february i, I can't believe not. you have because he do, he looks painful, but in you know it it the the ball's going through the rim, so if that's yeah. the case, I don't care,
0: yeah, it's one of those things that's like even if he was being a terrible basketball player this year, I wouldn't care. Yep. Like I, I yeah, come to terms with yeah. the fact that Dirk is allowed to do what he wants to do. It's his twenty-first season. I still remember my first Dirk game, which was at the old Reunion Arena. Oh um, wow! My my mom used to work for a neurosurgeon, and he had courtside seats, and so he. Oh, this is this is in like o one o two, and the Mavs were incredible. not incredible. Yeah, it was like right before they moved to American Airlines Center, and he's like, ah, I don't want to go, and so. And so he gave my mom the tickets, and we went. And so I got to watch him and Nash play at Reunion, and that was just amazing.
1: Do you remember what part of the season that was in? Because that o one o two was the year he came on like a beast. The second half of the year, and ended up being third team All NBA in his third season.
0: It was after the All Star break. So you, so you it probably was, saw
1: a beast of a game. Yeah, it was like, amazing.
0: Game. It was like Dirk and Nash pick and pop, pick and roll all day. <sighs>
2: god damn dude yeah see he's told me the story before like to flex on me and i'm like all right dude,
0: <laughs> i get it like
2: thanks like
0: <laughs> no i'm, I'm going to on you. it's just like it, it's a memory that's ingrained in my head just like i remember being at the fort lauderdale airport at a fucking uh nathan's hot dog stand watching the 2011 <laughs> championship
1: I I made a grave mistake. I was in Miami for a bachelor party. Oh shit! I was twenty. So when 2011, it's twenty-seven. so, like okay. right before my uh, yeah. I don't know, twenty-seven-ish, twenty-six-ish. Was in there uh. for a bachelor party, and they came back for Game Six, and my wife wa- and I was down there, and my wife said, "You should just change your flight and go find a ticket." And I was like, "We don't." You know, we were living in like a 500-square-foot apartment in Washington, D.C., and I was like, we yeah. don't have the money for this. And mm-hmm. she was like, I don't care. You're going to go. And I just like, I can't do it. And then I didn't go. And then, of course, they won. So <sighs> me celebrating the title was taking my dog for a walk and no one caring because I knew no Mavs fans at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Let's see, where was I? Let's see. I was 20 years old, living in Denton, going to college there. Um, got got into a bar with my fake ID, (laughs) uh, you know, with my fraternity brothers, and just like getting drunk as shit, and just like watching. Like, I specifically remember like them winning, and then immediately just like going to the bar, like getting shots, and just like and not remembering (laughs) the rest of that night except for like that moment. And I was like, yes, okay, sweet. (laughs) Like,
1: I'm going to see them. They're here on Wednesday. Oh, Mm -hmm. nice. And I bought unreasonable tickets for taking a <laughs> for taking a three year old to the game.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: we're like on the first row right next to the visitors tunnel.
2: Oh shit. Oh, wow. And so
1: I'm gonna be like I'm gonna I'm all the pictures and my yeah. son and my son who I have effectively brainwashed into being a Mavericks fan. So even if I'm only there for a half, it's gonna be awesome. Oh, yeah, I, awesome. I
0: mentioned this on Twitter. My my daughter turns 5 on the 21st and I asked her what she wants to do for her birthday. She's
1: like, "I want to go to a basketball game." Yes. And I was like, "Okay, we can do that." So, oh, man, gonna, and the Mavs have a heck of a they they're good with this stuff for for it's an it's a good experience in arena. Oh, yeah. So, it'll be
0: so a great we're gonna, time. We're going to buy some seats in the 100s. We're going to get there early. We're going to try and get her Luca jersey signed cuz I bought her a Luka jersey. I and, like it and we're just gonna have a blast she's super excited she watches most games with me and she's just like i want to see luca play and nobody else she doesn't care about anybody else
1: well it hel- it helps that he wears cool shoes so even yeah. on the tv i can oh, be yeah. like follow the guy with the cool red shoes
0: or yeah whatever <laughs> her favorite thing is already watching him do a step back just because it's so classy I, she
1: has great taste. Yeah. She really does, dude. This
0: is good parenting.
2: Being a father sounds so dope, but you know, I'm yeah. gonna wait on it a little bit. So
0: <laughs> it's also very expensive. So keep that. In mind. Oh yeah, that
2: dude. Yeah, I know. I bet. So I'm like, eh. just told my girlfriend. I was like, we're gonna wait like years, man. Just let's enjoy ourselves. Or yeah you know,
1: but Well, I hope you guys have me on again. Yeah, absolutely. All Thanks right, for so, coming I, on, Kirk. I probably I don't know my my side editor is always like you should do one for us and I'm just I, I I'm like that sounds like a lot of work and I don't know if I want to do work every week <laughs> I don't know it's like most of
0: the other Mavs podcasts are very very much wanting to get into the advanced stats things which I understand them uh, but there's not a Mavs podcast that's here to just bullshit and have fun and that's what we're trying to do that's right good. That's it. You gotta you gotta find our own niche. Um, Kirk, is there anything that you want to plug before we let you go tonight?
1: I don't think so. Uh, right after All-Star Break, I wrote a piece, 25 things to think about during the final 25 games. And we're like five games past that, and I was already wrong about half of them. So I feel like <laughs> half of, them, of, you know, I re- and it was like one of those marathon pieces, like 3,000 words. And I, I was, oh, cool. I'm already wrong about that. They're not tanking. Excellent. You know, little things like that. So I, I gave up writing seriously a while ago. I like doing game coverage uh, just because it's really fun to talk about specific things that happen during the course of games. Um, I I was writing before there was a lot of video on Twitter, so you you would often have to get like really descriptive with your language. Now I can just, you know, lift a GIF and go post it in my post it into my recaps. But, you know, it's it's. A lot of fun, you know, watching the the little things that happen during these games. You know, Dirk has 69 points to go to nice. pass Wilt Chamberlain. So, yeah. like, that's, you know, watch our coverage of that, which will probably be ridiculously over the top. Um, other than that, I don't really have much going on because I, I kind of want to keep my fingers crossed. My The only thing I'm really going to push for the rest of the year is that the Mavericks, if they're in the lottery, they need to send Luca. No yeah. more of this Michael Finley stuff. No more, or really, the ghost of Michael Finley, who looks like, you know, he who looks like life took a toll on him after playing yes. a million and a half minutes during that yeah. like seven year stretch. Yes. Um. So that that's kind of that'll be my shtick the rest of the year because I just I, I, I at this point I, I have to believe something hilarious will happen if Luka goes to the to the lottery because could you, you know,
0: imagine? I, if, I if if can't imagine. I keep
1: thinking about it and it's unhealthy. <laughs> That, <laughs> like Th- I this don't think about it, but I think about it like once a day. And yeah. it's I'm gonna be and if this happens again, I'm gonna go buy a lot of tickets because <laughs> <laughs> that would be I, I can't see you see how hyped I get? This is stupid. Just like uh, invite <laughs> them in Virginia, that way you don't pay the DC tax on them. Right. Right. <laughs> well again, guys, thank you for having me on. I'm happy to come on and BS anytime.
0: Oh, yeah, thank you. Next,
1: next time, you guys can teach me a little more about what beers I need to be drinking during these Mavs games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, in a, in a couple of years, I might be moving to that area, so oh, I'll find me. Not... I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> My corporate headquarters is there, so I may not have a choice.
1: Fair enough. All right, guys. Will you have a uh, a good weekend? And, yeah. Uh, send it to me when it's up because I want to share it on uh, all of our sites.
0: All right, oh, we'll dude. we'll have it up tomorrow. So thanks absolutely have a good weekend all right you too all right guys so that was kirk uh you can follow him at kirk serious face on twitter and uh see the stuff that he's writing on maps moneyball uh, reuben before we actually go is there anything else that you want to talk about
2: um you think is there anything going on mm, not really all so- right
0: well i mean i guess that's going to be it for this week um Keep in touch. We've got some other great guests planned. We've got some great ideas planned for the offseason. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Ruben at Reddit Mavericks on Twitter. You can follow me at Hoops and Hefe on Twitter. Go to com. You can subscribe to the podcast anywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, uh, Overcast, Pocket Cast, doesn't matter. Subscribe, give us five stars, like it, leave a comment, help us out. Sorry, right, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another episode. Have a great night.
2: Have a good weekend. Bye.